It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of God, especially in the middle of the week when we all need to be, need encouragement from the word of God. Amen. Today, I want to talk about defining the the discipleship. Amen. Defining discipleship. Go with me to the book of Luke, please. Chapter 14, verse 25. And we're going to read all the way to number 35. Amen. The word of God says, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yes, even if his own life, He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, would not first sit down and consider whether, whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but if even salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Father God. I thank you, Lord Father God, for this night, Lord Father God. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to give your word today, Lord Father God. Be my mouth today, Lord Father God, and be, let me be an instrument of you, Lord Father God, so I can give the word tonight, Lord Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to talk about doing what we're told. Amen. From the time we were children, we are constantly being told what to do. We are told to make our beds, our rooms, feed the dog cut the grass, and so on, amen? But how would we determine who we are we supposed to listen, amen? We listen to someone with authority all the time. Our parents, our pastors, our policemen, or our teachers, amen? All those people have authority over us, amen? From a very young age, I learned quickly that he will be, that it will be in my best interest to listen to my parents, amen? Those were, those were the days when kids still did what they were told, or, or else they get in trouble, amen? Get a spanking. We knew that if we didn't do what we were told, we were going to be in a lot of trouble. Go to bed without dinner, amen? Come on now. Then as we get older, we learn that there are other authority figures that we need to listen to, amen? Who remember the first time you got pulled over by the police, Amen? not a whole lot of fun, amen. You sit down in your car, and you're waiting for the policeman to come and 
get it over with, right? Give you a ticket or whatever. But it looks it seems like it's forever. It takes forever to get to your car and ask you for your driver's license and all that. Amen? It's a little bit frightening. What about at, at work? Situation doesn't change there either. We have a very simple choice. Do what the boss says or go find another job. Amen? We spend the majority of our lives listening and taking direction from other people. Amen? My question is, if we haven't spent so much time of our lives listening to others and doing what they tell us to do, why, don't we constantly re- why do we constantly refuse to do what God tells us to do? Amen? Let that sit for a little bit. Hold on a second. Why do we constantly refuse to do what God tells us to do? Amen? The first thing we have to understand is that God is our Father. Amen? And He is a God of authority. So He should be the first one that we should listen to. Amen? Not the concha, not a compadre, not the comadre, but God. We should fear God. Amen? And if you don't, you should. And by fearing God, I don't mean to be frightened by God and go hide somewhere, amen? But to seek Him and respect Him. That there is no other option that when God tells us to do something, we need to do it, amen? Come on, give the Lord a good clap up, come on. There is no talking back, no need to respect Him. God is the ultimate authority. The policeman that pulled you over has the authority to take you to jail, write you a ticket. Amen? But only God has the authority and the power to take you to heaven. Amen? God is the ultimate boss. And I'm not the only one here that makes, that works for God. When you get saved, you receive a title and a job. Amen? Through the love of Christ, you become a Christian. You become a disciple. Many people today do not understand what it means to be a genuine disciple. Amen? A Christian. There are many that follow Jesus or claim to be Christians, but they also do do it on their own terms and not his terms. They don't understand the definition of discipleship. There are many who consider themselves to be followers of Jesus, but they are not. Even though in many ways they look like followers of Jesus, they go to church, they read their Bible, they pray, they give, but they are not real disciples. They are, they are thinking like a disciple, but they're not. Amen? Jesus confronts this problem in our text today. He makes very clear what it means to be a Christian and a disciple. A disciple is a true follower of Jesus, in other words, a Christian. If you are a Christian today, you are a disciple. Disciple and Christian mean the same thing, amen? In the book of Acts, we are told that disciples were first called Christians at the city of Antioch. You can read it later on Acts 11.26. This makes clear that both terms are interchangeable, amen? And it also clarifies the seriousness of what Jesus says in verse 27. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follows me cannot be my disciple. 
Are you willing to carry your cross tonight? Amen. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Or we can also read it, anybody who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be a Christian. Verse 25 and 27 says, through 27 says, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, and others, and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is speaking here to, crowd, to these words about being his disciples. Amen. He was, making, he was speaking to large crowds, and these people were following Jesus. And he turned to them and elaborated on being a disciple. He wanted to make sure that these people understood what being a disciple meant. Amen. Jesus was not talking to the people of that town. He was not talking to the non-believer. He was talking to those who were not interested in his life or his message. He was talking to the crowds that were traveling with him. These people had a positive attitude for Jesus, were interested in what Jesus had to say. They apparently mistook the positive attitude and interest in Jesus for true discipleship. As many people today, they consider themselves to be followers of Jesus, but in reality, they were only casual followers and not committed followers. Amen. They were willing and even anxious to follow Jesus as long as the cost was not too high or the demand too great. We are willing to do the things of God. We are willing to come to church. Amen. But at to what cost? Amen. Sometimes we're not fully committed to the things of God. And we miss on the, on the blessings that the Lord has for us. Amen. They were like many people today who do Christian things. They go to church, they pray, they sing, but they are not fully committed to Jesus. In other words, I will go to church today, but not next week. Amen? And I'm talking to the ushers. My ushers know what I'm talking about. Amen? You, can't, you won't believe that they tell me, they call me, oh, pastor, I can't go today because I'm... Um, I have to watch the game. I have to watch the kids. have a birthday party to go. have to work. But I'll be there next week, Pastor. Or because I'm sick. Amen. I have a headache. I said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In a sense, they were along for the ride, but were unwilling to give up everything else to follow Jesus in a committed way. Amen. This crowd of people were not, were not committed. Fully committed to God. They were like many people today who look to Jesus to solve their many problems. Amen. They look to Jesus to fix their relationship problems, their family problems, their health problems. And they quickly get frustrated and unwilling to obey Jesus completely when he doesn't solve the problems right away. Amen. They want their problems gone in an instant. Right away. God, why haven't you fixed my problems? Well, why haven't you come to church? Amen? Come on now. Let's be real tonight. Amen? 
They found out that following Jesus requires real sacrifice in their lives. Amen. To be a disciple, you must be committed to him above everything else. Jesus must come before our loved ones. He must come before our self-interest. He must come before our possessions, our career, our hobbies, our goals in life, and even our own lives. Amen. And I'm not saying to go ahead, quit your job, quit your career and all that. Amen. There's time for all those things. Put Jesus first and then he'll make time for all the other stuff. Amen. Genuine disciples make a sincere commitment in their hearts and will not continue to put other things before Jesus. A disciple is someone who is available, someone that's teachable, someone who listens, someone that's loyal and faithful to the things of God. In verse 26, Jesus says that this commitment applies to anyone who comes to me. He is not speaking to a special group of Christians or apostles, some missionaries or pastors. He's talking to everyone. He's saying that this principle applies to everyone. Amen. Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life cannot be my disciple. Right here, the word hate in Jewish culture was used to express lesser love. Amen. So Jesus is saying that we must love him more, much more, than what we love our close family. Amen. We love our family, but God's supposed to come first. More than our relationships or even more than our lives. Jesus is saying that we must love him more than our hobbies, more than our goals in life, more than our careers, more than our self-interest. More than our jobs, more than our possessions. Amen. He's saying that our commitment to obey and following Him must be greater than any other commitment in our lives. Jesus must be first in our priorities. Amen. He should be first on everything we do. Amen. When we read our word, we start to understand. That God must be first in our lives, in our families. Put God first and watch him move in your situation. Amen. Put him first and watch him move in your job. Put him first. Watch him fix your relationship. Amen. But we have to be committed. Amen. you following Jesus with all your heart, and by doing so, it creates problems with your closest relationship. Would you still follow him? Amen. When I first started to come to church, amen, I had to separate myself from my, from my family. Amen. Because I knew if I still would go back to them. See, I was an alcoholic 15 years ago. I was an alcoholic. I have a problem with alcohol. I had a problem with my family because of the alcohol. Amen. I almost was to the point that I almost lost my children, my wife. I almost lost my life. Amen. But thanks to God, amen, he made everything better. Amen. And, and by committing myself, amen. Yeah, go ahead. 
give the Lord a clap up. By committing myself, it wasn't easy at the beginning, amen? But with God on my side, it was a lot easier, amen? You can't do it by yourself, amen? You need somebody to help you, amen? You need your church family to support you, amen? In other countries, if you follow Jesus, you get persecuted. You get kicked out of your family. You lose your children. You lose everything, amen? Here in this country, many relationships encounter problems because one spouse was committed Christian and the other one wasn't. Or in either case, Jesus wants us to put him first and to stand firm in our beliefs. Standing firm in Jesus will bring our spouse back to him. Amen? He will bring our families to him. Amen? Not in our time, in his time. Amen? We must not only love our, or be committed to Jesus more than to our loved ones, but also be committed to him above every of our own lives, as Jesus says in verse 26. This means our physical lives and our lives' personal desires, goals, interests, and even needs. Amen? We must be committed to God above our bank accounts, our public image, our jobs, and every personal desire. If following Jesus means letting go of these things, then we must be willing to do that. Amen? Following Jesus will many times mean making such sacrifices. In verse 27, it says, carrying his cross, carrying your cross. The cross was a cruel way of punishment back in the Roman days. Amen? The criminal was put, was forced to carry his cross to the place of execution. Everyone knew that this person was saying goodbye to everything. There will be no turning back. Jesus used this with the intent of showing us that following him requires some kind of saying goodbye to things. To our own will, to our own desires, because of our commitment to him. My question is, are you ready to carry your cross tonight? Are you really ready to carry your cross and let go of all those things? Amen. Verse 28 to 23 says, For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid down a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not turn? First, sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. In this verse, Jesus is expressing one simple point. His point is that, just like it's prudent to consider the cost involving building a tower or going, way, or going to war before jumping in with both feet, so it, it is prudent and necessary to take it into account the cost and commitment necessary to follow Jesus. It takes preparation, church, to follow Jesus. It will cost you to follow Jesus, and it will take dedication to follow Jesus. Jesus does not want part of your heart. 
Amen. Blind commitment that expects only blessings. Are you willing to give the whole heart to Jesus tonight? Amen. Are you willing to make a full commitment to him? Or you are only willing to expect the blessing and not go to the hard times. Amen. God wants our whole heart. Our full commitment. Amen. We have to ask ourselves, are we in for the long run? Or are we willing to follow God no matter what happens? Are you willing to follow God despite what people say about you? Amen. Despite what others say about you. Oh, look at him. Just going to church just to play the part. Are you willing to follow him full commitment with your full heart? In verse 33, Jesus once again makes clear the cost of following him. He says, we must give up everything. He wants to make it clear that we understand what everything means. Like I said earlier, our jobs, our hobbies, our free time, goals and dreams. Now, we may not literally give up everything, amen? He's referring to the attitude of the heart, amen? He's saying, do not let these things have priority over obeying Jesus in our lives, amen? Like I said earlier, Follow Jesus. Put Jesus first. And like I said, all those things will fall, fall into place. Amen. You never know. You might have a better job. Amen. He's referring to the attitude of the heart. He's saying, now let these things be a, a priority over me. Amen. In other words, Jesus is saying that we must be willing to re renounce or forsake anything when it interferes with following him. Faithfully and completely. Verse 34 and 35 says, Therefore, salt is good, but even salt has become tasteless. With what will it be seasoned in? It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Salt is used by Jesus in a figurative way because of the high value people placed on salt in those days. Salt is this, in this case, represent a person, a person's commitment to God. Amen. When the commitment is complete, then the salt is good. Salt in Jesus' days wasn't pure like salt is today. A lot of things could happen and it will lose its saltiness. If this happened, it will still look like salt, but none of the, none of the benefits. Amen. It could not even be used for fertilizer, as it says on our, on our text. And it says, it is fit neither for the soil or for home manure. In other words, it was useless in every way. What kind of salt are you today? Amen. You're the good salt or the bad salt? Jesus is saying that people who follow him without total commitment are like the salt that is, has lost its saltiness. Amen. They may have the appearance of being disciples, but they cannot be used in the kingdom of, of heaven, of, of God, as Christians should. Amen. Jesus is referring to those who only give a part of their lives to him. 
and not the whole lives. Being a disciple means giving your whole heart, your whole life. Amen. They will commit to obey him two days a week, but not seven days. Amen. They will give up things, but only the things they think are okay. But God wants not this other thing. Amen. Oh, in other words, okay, God, I'll give you this, but not this, because I'm not done with this other thing that I got to do. Amen. I'm still not ready to give up that. Amen. This part-time commitment will not work. Amen. It won't work. You've got to be fully committed to the things of God. If you want the full blessings that the Lord has for you, you have to be fully committed to the things of God. Amen. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Amen. We can't come to church and play church. Amen. We can't be two-faced people. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good clap offering for him, man. Closing with this, amen. Jesus concludes by saying, He has he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. He said this to remind us of our responsibility to listen and respond to this difficult message. That teaching in us is not difficult to understand, but it is difficult to accept. The question, the question we need to ask ourselves is not. Am I able to follow Jesus completely? But rather, am I willing to follow Jesus? Amen. Are you willing tonight to follow Jesus? Completely, full-heartedly, without doubt of a mind. Am I willing to follow Jesus? Amen. We are humans and sometimes we will fail. Amen. Sometimes we will make mistakes in our commitment. But that doesn't mean to stay down. Dust yourself up. Get up. Try it again. Amen. We serve a God of many chances. Amen. But the thing that Jesus is saying here is not our ability, but our willingness to follow him with our whole heart. Amen. As we stand tonight, I'm God is looking for true disciples, true Christians, amen? People that will follow him full-heartedly, not halfway, amen? People that are willing to do anything for the things of God. Like I said earlier, God is our God of authority, amen? He's got authority over us. And when he speaks to us, we should listen. Amen. We need to learn how to listen to God when he's talking to us. Amen. Many times we don't 
we listen to him, but it goes to one ear and it goes out the other one. We need to make sure it goes into our hearts, the words that he says to us. Amen. Everything that he says to us is for our benefit. It's not to hurt us. It's to make us better in the things of God. It's to make us grow as Christians, as leaders, as workers. Amen. We need to be fully committed to the things of God, not just halfway. Amen. Every eye closed and every tonight. I just want to open these altars today. Amen. This altar is open. If, if you need prayer today, if you, if you think you need to let go of something, to become the better disciple, the better leader, amen, in the things of God, come to the altar right now. If you need prayer, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, Father God. Have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.